Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. Hi, I'm Irene Watson with Reader Views in Austin, Texas. And I'm Victor Volkman from Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'd like to welcome all our listeners to episode number 155 in our series. Tonight's topic will be all about the Association of Independent Authors with special guest Beth Werner. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Now, tonight we are on the line with Beth Werner, who has been a professional editor and small business developer since the tender age of 20, having worked 16 years in B2B magazine publishing, gaining practical training and first-hand experience in consultative selling, customer relations, and integrated marketing strategies. Her primary focus was advertising sales, where she learned to design custom brand campaigns in various vertical industries, including some of the largest companies in the world. In 2010, Beth left the corporate world to launch Author Connections, LLC, a company created to educate, encourage, and empower authors. She currently provides editing and marketing services to an exclusive roster of clients. Her professional mission is to support high-quality multimedia content for hungry readers. In addition to marketing, her other passions include travel, gourmet cooking, dining, photography, and gardening. Her own book, Travels of an Independent Woman, is coming soon. Look for hashtag... Read T-I-W on Twitter. Well, good evening, Beth. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. And first of all, before we go any further, we're here to talk about the Association of Independent Authors. And for those listeners that don't know what it is, would you explain to us briefly what the Association of Independent Authors is? Sure. The Association of Independent Authors is also known as the AIA, and it is the mission really is to provide a place where authors can learn from each other as they approach the publishing process and seek assistance with marketing and distribution and book design so that beyond writing the manuscript, they can find help with the various stages of bringing a book to market. So basically what it is, it's... Um are these self-published authors? or For the most part, yes, it's for independent authors. So okay. we tend to equate the term indie or independent author with a self-published author. Uh-huh. And as that sector of the industry is growing very rapidly, the association is also growing and includes a number of different services. Of course, a website, which is uh, independent-authors.org, and that website includes links to many other types of services that branch out as part of the association so that authors can easily search and find whatever type of support or assistance they need. So this is obviously where authors, you you said, uh, help each other and can learn from each other. So what is the purpose of forums besides that? Well, you know, many authors are different, especially independent and self-published authors, are at different stages of the process. So some people are at the very beginning where they have an idea and they're just considering writing a book and they're not sure how to go about approaching that, from writing tips and developing a routine and developing a process and generating ideas to people who already have a drafted manuscript and they're in the next phase 
of figuring out how to go about publishing a book, how to approach production or cover design or perhaps illustrations for a children's book. There are many, you know, there are so many pieces and details. I personally, uh, with my clients, I tend to equate publishing a book and bringing it to market with building a house. So, you know, when you build a home, there's not just a contractor or the project manager, but there's a plumber, an electrician, a framer, a painter. These are specific specialties, and there are many hats to wear to get the finished product as perfect and as wonderful as you want it to be. And I believe, in my mind, that's a good analogy for a book. Uh, The writing of the manuscript is a very big piece of it, obviously. And then you have all these other specialties that come into play. And in the older days, the publishing houses, of course, were the project managers. And they had a lot of those skills and resources in-house. Now that independent authors and self-published authors are approaching this process on their own, they're seeking help or they're seeking education so that they can manage these different specialties uh, for their own books. And the AIA is devoted to educating authors, helping them learn to handle these things for themselves, or helping them find experts and professionals who will hold their hand for different stages of the process. So, you know, there are a lot of uh, forums out there, and uh, I belong to some of them, and some are, I just find that are only, you know, only very few people post on them because usually it's sort of, I don't know, they it feels like they're armchair experts. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering how this is controlled on the... Uh, AIA author, you know, so that actually people can can feel safe to give information or ask information rather than feel that they wouldn't even bother speaking because, you know, somebody's going to knock them down or tell them that they're wrong or something like that. Sure, and that's a good point. Um, You know, even some of the sites that are very helpful at times still include some negative activity, and in, in a lot of cases that's difficult to avoid. When you're dealing with the Internet, there are just so many people participating in some of these things. And I myself have, you know, on LinkedIn and uh, some other different sites, I've had a range of experiences where I've met some wonderful people and the networking has been tremendously powerful and effective, and yet there are some groups that I've left because, you know, some, some people get negative or you'll get into a debate that goes in an unhealthy direction. What I've seen of the AIA is that the executive directors, and now as a member of the board of directors, it's very hands-on. The people who are guiding the website and guiding the activity of the association are very focused on quality, on the integrity of the brand of the association, and on making sure that it's a productive and, you know, hopefully fun and meaningful experience for everyone who's involved. So they also uh, just, I believe it was last year, initiated a program of honoring excellence, and that excellence program helps to vet and validate industry partners so that if authors are seeking help and they want to make sure that they avoid anyone who might be a sketchy player or I think we're all aware that there are certain companies that prey upon authors and you know are happy to take money because they know you have a dream and they're not necessarily providing value in return, the Honoring Excellence Program with the AIA helps authors to avoid that. And a company or an individual cannot nominate themselves. They have to be nominated by a member. And each of those nominations is reviewed by the board of directors. 
So although many people don't get the seal of excellence, and that does not mean that they're not valid, if members want to feel extra safe, they can look for that seal of excellence and feel very comfortable seeking out that person or that company for support. Beth, what is the difference between a forum and a discussion group? It's actually a good question. I believe that the forums are more, um, I mean, they're all designed to engage interaction. And so the goal at all times is for people to participate and share ideas and hopefully not only from the beginning stages of asking questions, but people who have had more experience who maybe are publishing their third or fourth book and are able to shed some light from what they've learned. I think that the forums are on specific topics, whereas the discussion groups are more about themes. And people can post discussions. They're more open. It tends to be posted as a question, and then people can weigh in, whereas the forums are more closely linked to committees. And that is where, you know, there'll be a specific series or a specific uh, list of discussions. They're fairly closely related, but at the end of the day, it's important to search the site for the headline that's most relevant for what you're up to in your publishing process. And then, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter if you choose a forum or a discussion group. It's more about searching the headline and then tapping into the exchange or the thread of exchanges that's most meaningful for you. Great. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, authorsresourceguide.org, which I guess is a sister site. Is that fair to... Uh, yes, it's a portion. It's a portion of the association. This is produced by the association. So I don't know. Um, I don't know if sister side is is the the exact way to describe it because it's it falls under the AIA. And this is essentially, for example, if you have a magazine, and you know, again, going back to strictly print days, if you had a magazine that did an annual buyer's guide, this is not annual. This is live. It's fluid. It's ongoing. And this was launched by the AIA last year as something that is continually updated, and it's listed by category. So regardless of what type of assistance an author might be seeking, whether it's agents or book designers, illustrators, distributors, editors, consultants, you know, there's a whole list of categories. And they can certainly find a link to the resource guide from the AIA website, but you can also, like you said, Victor, go directly to authorsresourceguide.org, and it's very clear and simple. Each heading or category of service providers is listed, and you can click on any company. You will also see there which of those companies or consultants has that honorary seal of excellence that I mentioned, and it's a very helpful way for authors to privately, in their own time, in their own space, search for people and support that they think they may be needing as they try to bring their book to market. Great. And uh, so what's the curation process for having the seal of excellence? Can you describe that a little? Really, to be honest, I, I don't know that the company knows about it until they're notified by the board of directors. It's when you've worked with a number of members, sometimes inadvertently. I know that a couple of the companies who have earned the seal didn't even realize that their clients were AIA members. They had customers who happened to be members of the association. Those members nominated them. The board of directors reviewed it, got the information and the nomination corroborated and verified, and then notified the company that they were recipients of the seal. So it really is not something that a company can push for. It's not something, like I said earlier, it's not something that you can nominate yourself for. 
It's something that when members feel that a particular company is showing the highest level of integrity, that they're reasonable, that they're fair, that they're giving what the independent authors really need in today's marketplace, that's when the nominations go through. They have a period of review by the board of directors. They will reach out to some other members to see if they've, you know, they've had that same experience with that company, and then they're notified that they've won, you know, earned the seal. It's a pretty high honor. Um, I, I know of a number of companies that are perfectly decent, but I don't know that they've been nominated yet. So it doesn't mean that if you don't have a seal, you're not worthy. Uh, but it is. It, it means that if you do have it. Not only are you doing good work, but people took the time to recognize you for it and enter your name and, and corroborate that. Great. Now, is there a, a list of the ones with the seal? I'm, I'm looking for an example of it. Um, can you, do you have any ideas off the top of your head uh, um, which categories well, you might have? Go to the website. Yeah. You can, there's a, there's a, on the navigation menu, there's a link for Honoring Excellence, and it gives a brief description of the program. Yep. I'm on that. the process, and then it will give a list of the recipients. So there are a number oh, okay. of categories, and it gives the recipients in each category. And, for example, if you compare the list of recipients to the list of companies in the Author Resource Guide, you know, the Honoring Excellence Program is a much shorter list. So it is an honor. It's not taken lightly. It is not just given out to anybody. And, like I said, it's about members nominating you and, you know, essentially electing you so that you're receiving an honor that puts you on a short list. Great. Let's uh, get into the mechanics of, of publishing itself. Um, so I'm first-time author. I have a manuscript. I think it's okay, but I'm kind of confused because I'm getting stuff from uh, Vanity Press in my inbox every day. And where would I start to uh, to get help? Uh, well, I think the very first place to start is to participate in some groups with other authors to just see how, when you're benchmarking if someone has done a book in a genre like yours, what has worked for them, what hasn't, and consider what the best publishing path for you might be. One of the things that I think is very important for any author to consider is if independent self-publishing is right for them. It is not necessarily right for everyone. And it is becoming a much more popular option because, of course, you are in control. You get to keep more of the money, you know, when that money is made, and you maintain the rights to your work. However, it is a fair amount of work, and I think that a lot of people are misled into thinking that it's easy. It is not rocket science. Anyone can really do this, but it requires a great attention to detail. Like I said earlier, I compare it with building a house. So it, it calls for a certain level of education and getting in, you know, familiar with the various stages of getting published. And so the first step in terms of you know, your question, you've got a manuscript, what do you do next? Jo you know, check out the association website, look into some of the groups, get a sense of your genre and where it stands in the marketplace, and think about your goals for the book. Think about if you're strictly in this to make money, if you really don't care so much about money but you were compelled to write this story and you just wanted to get out there to as many readers as possible, if you want to be a bestseller, if you need to consider getting a screenwriter because you really want this to turn into a film someday. Uh, I've actually learned over time that the goals for different authors really vary. There's a fairly wide range. 
And so each independent author has to determine and define for themselves where do they see this book going and what are their realistic expectations. And from there, you can build your own process in terms of is it a children's book? Do you need an illustrator? What is the best, you know, conduct your research. What's the best cover design? Walk through some bookstores. Walk through the library. Look for books similar to yours. What do their back cover or inside flap cover descriptions look like? And from my perspective, because I am both an editor and a marketer, and I can't stress this next point enough, start thinking about and planning marketing as you're writing the book. It is never too early to think about marketing. The more you can tailor your finished product to the target audience, the easier it will be to sell that book. And I see many authors make the mistake of finishing the book and feeling like it's done and then recognizing that maybe it it isn't really designed for the audience they intended. So marketing and research and benchmarking and learning should be a, a part of every stage of the process. And... Professional editing, I'm not saying this because I'm an editor. (laughs) People are obviously free to go to whomever they please, but professional editing is definitely an essential step for any author that cares about quality. No matter how good of a writer you are, it, it takes an outside, objective, independent eye. And you can have friends and family and neighbors read the book, and they may be very honest and give you constructive criticism but nothing takes the place of having a professional who's trained, who understands the Chicago Manual of Style, who will be able to act as a thesaurus for you and tighten the language and be true to your voice while making sure the finished product is designed for your target audience. So there are a lot of pieces in terms of, you know, many authors are surprised that they've written the manuscript or written a draft, and then they, you know, they feel like the work is done, and then they find out the work is actually just beginning. Uh, And that can be daunting. So what I recommend is try to break it down into manageable parts. Like I said, define your goals so that you're clear what you're trying to accomplish, and then develop a flexible plan. Nothing has to be set in stone. The idea is not to create stress but to reduce stress. So you don't ever want to set goals that are very rigid and then you feel disappointed or like you've let yourself down. I I really try to advise that you have a game plan, you have a roadmap, so that you're never wasting time or effort, and yet you make sure that your plan is flexible, so that if you learn something new or your story, you know, takes a different direction or for whatever reason you revisit something, you don't feel like you're thrown completely off track. You're able to go with the flow and keep fine-tuning the book until you feel that it's truly the best it can be and ready for publication. You know, that is so well said. Uh I just know that there is a certain percentage of authors, and I really don't know how many, but it seems like quite a few from what we see, that just do not take that time and the pride of being, getting the best product out there. And um, I just cringe sometimes. I just cringe. One of the things, Beth, I'd like to talk about is, you know, with the Internet, you can Google any type of a provider or, you know, the service that you want, and you'll get like tons and tons of websites. And so how, you know, how do we really know that this is actually a legitimate person or site or, you know, is it a ripoff? You know, what are some ways that we can actually find out? Sure, and it's a good question and a valid question. To be honest, I don't think 
I don't know that there are ever any guarantees. It's not that different when you're searching for a plumber or an electrician. I know I keep going back to the same analogy, but I really do believe that it rings true. But to a certain extent, you have to follow your gut and trust your instincts. To a certain extent, you absolutely must do your research. So when you hear of someone or someone comes, you know, a certain company or a consultant comes up in a search uh, online, go to the website, check their references, find out how long they've been in business, look at the AIA website, see if they're members, see if they have an honorary seal of excellence, do your homework, go into some of the discussion groups or into some of the forums and post a question to other authors, to your peers. Has anyone ever worked with this company? What's been your experience? Go online, uh, not only the AIA, and the AIA, I think, is an excellent primary source because they've done a lot of the filtering for you. But I don't ever recommend limiting to one organization or another. LinkedIn is a tremendous resource for assistance. Of course, because they don't filter and screen the way the AIA does, you're opened up to a much larger base of information and a broader range of feedback. So, of course, that has to be taken with a grain of salt. But there are many author groups and very active, lively participants and discussions. And it, chances are, if you post the question, you know, hey out there, has anyone worked with this company? Is anyone familiar with this consultant? What has been your experience? More often than not, you will get a response, if not a handful. And slowly over time, you can build, you know, a list in your mind. Okay, these are the people that seem to get the best feedback, that have the best reputation, and slowly but surely, you tend to uh, get a sense of who you can have confidence in and who you feel wary of that you want to stay away from. Uh, I completely agree with you, Irene, that there's always a certain amount of risk in choosing a partner or a vendor that you want to work with online. Follow your professional instincts. Make sure if you're going to work with anyone that there is a professional agreement. Don't sign anything until you review it and you have someone more knowledgeable than you review it if you don't feel comfortable, you know, doing it on your own. Uh, if you have access to an attorney without it costing a lot of money, you know, I certainly recommend doing that if you can afford it or you've got a friend or family member who can review those things for you. Tap into every resource possible. Um, writing a book, it's just not, it's fun and it's exciting, but when it's something that is this important, it's not simple. And Authors, whether it took them a week to write their book or five years, the most of the authors that I've spoken with, their books are extremely important to them. It's a piece of your heart and soul that you've created. And there is always, like it with any artist, there's a certain amount of vulnerability that goes with it. So, like I said, I, I don't mean to be redundant, but do your homework, do your research, reach out to peers and mentors who can tell you what impressions or experiences they've had so you can learn not only from their successes, but from their mistakes. And follow your gut and your instincts. And I think if you combine all of those tips, which are really just common sense, but when you're dealing with such a big picture, sometimes common sense can go out the window <laughs> for all of us. Um, I think when you go back to, to just common sense, you, you'll be safe. Do your homework and it'll be fine. And I so agree. You know, it is risky. And even doing homework, I think... One of the things he said, and I, I believe it's really important to check more than one website because, you know, just because, okay, um, let's say the AIA gave somebody an honorary seal of excellence, I know that somebody on your list also 
is on the no-no list on the Writers Beware and Predators. So it's important to check more than one site. Yes. I think and comprehensive, that, I mean, even as a marketer, my key focus in, in my business is integration. Yeah. I'm a very firm believer that you need to make use of all of the different tools available to you, whether that's in marketing and integrating the media mix, whether it's in research and integrating the various sources that you tap into for education, whether it is double-checking the choices you're making and integrating a number of different advisors and mentors to confirm your choices as you go through the process. Uh, integration is, is a very key term in my world because there is no one panacea. There mm-hmm. is no one path that has been determined that anyone can say, oh, if I just do this, my book will be a success. Yeah. It, it yeah. simply doesn't work that way. And because every author is different and their goals are different and their budgets are different and capabilities and availability varies greatly. Uh, for example, there are some authors who are business people who have written a nonfiction book in their particular line of work and because it supports their company or their, you know, their professional life, they're happy to travel and go to conferences and have speaking engagements. That can be a very powerful form of promotion. But you have other authors who maybe have young children and aren't able to travel. Or there are authors who just really want to be at the computer and write their next book. They cringe at the thought of self-promotion. So there is no right or wrong in these areas. It is truly a matter of personal preference, personal, like I said, availability, capability. What is your comfort zone? What are you willing to commit and devote to making this book a success? And that's where the beauty of independent publishing comes in. No one is doing it for you, but no one can force you to do anything you don't want to do. And that's why I can't stress enough that authors need to develop a plan, a flexible plan, that they can live with and adjust as they go along so that they always know what their next steps are and the book is always moving forward, even if there are shifts and changes as they learn new things in in the process. I just want to go back to the original question about the um, service providers, and uh, we got a little bit off track there. So I want to... uh, I want to ask you how you feel about websites that don't have an about us. I mean, this is something that when I'm looking at a site and doing research, the first thing I do is I look for what information is in the about us uh, Mm. section. Yeah, good point. Yeah, anything um, I tend to look for about an about page, a company history, and I also look at company news or press releases. Now, not every company will have that. You know, some are smaller players. They're not issuing press releases all the time. I do have an about page, but I do not have, you know, a company news or press page on my site. But those are two of the places where you can tell what this company is currently doing, what they're up to, what are they promoting, what do they feel are their greatest strengths that they're putting forward. And I absolutely agree with you that the about page, it gives you a sense of the spirit of the company, what they want you to perceive about them, what they feel are their best, you know, their best features and capabilities that they're putting forth. And then when you do your research, let's say you find a company and you read the about page and you, you like that idea, you like the mission statement that they're putting out, that's when you can go and check with other people. Is this what they really stand for? 
are they living up to this message or did it just sound good to put on their website? And I think then you have your check and balance system. What do you, uh, Beth, what do you feel or think about the two sites that actually do a lot of research and, for instance, writers beware and predators? I mean, I think that they're important, but again, I always tend to take things with a grain of salt. So I like, you know, for example, uh, when people see posts on different things and then they check Snopes, um, I do think it's important to have a check and balance system. I think that sites like Writers Beware are important, but there are also, you know, there are people in the world who will post something negative about a company because they had a misunderstanding and they're putting it in a bad light. So I always try to confirm something that I read about a company, whether good or bad, and that's why I think the discussion groups and the forums or checking, uh, you know, even with bloggers. There are certain blogs that are very helpful and blogs that, you know, really have very little credibility. So I do agree that Writers Beware is important, but like you said earlier, there could be a warning about a certain company on Writers Beware and yet they've earned an honorary seal of excellence from the mm-hmm. AIA. Mm-hmm. Um, just keep, keep checking and trust your gut. If you get a consensus from peers, from mentors, on a number of websites that makes you feel, no, I have a good sense of this company, maybe they had something that was a bad experience once, but for the most part I'm hearing all positive feedback, then at that point you trust your gut and you go with it. But again, even when you've made a choice, don't make the choice lightly. You know, ask them for references. Ask them what does their agreement look like. Don't ever engage or pay anyone without a professional contract. Make sure that you're protected. Make sure that you have, you know, exactly what you're going to expect for your investment. Whether there's money involved or not, you're always investing time. You're always investing your energy. You're always investing, uh, you know, a certain amount of devotion of your attention that you're taking away from other things. We're all extremely busy in life. So when you're devoting time to your book, that time is precious. And if you're going to choose a partner, I think it's very important to hold them to the task. Uh, Don't pay anyone any money until you know what you can expect to get in return. And these are basic, like I said earlier, a lot of it is just common sense. It's the way you would do business with anyone else. If your book is your baby, you wouldn't hire a babysitter without checking their references. You don't just take it lightly. And so if you're going to put your book in the hands of an editor or you're going to have a consultant guide you through all the steps to get to market or you're a children's book author and you're hiring an illustrator, ask them for their portfolio. Check for samples. Call their references. Ask people what, what was it like to work with this company. And like you said, read the about page on their website. Um, do a search and see if Writers Beware has any comments or feedback on them. It's not that different from TripAdvisor. You know, you're going to a foreign place that you've never been to before. You want to know if this hotel, a hotel can put any number of nice pictures on a website. You want to hear from people who have stayed there. You know, are there bugs? Is there noise outside your window? (laughs) You know, there are all kinds of things that can happen, and there are never guarantees, but the more you check and you tap into every resource possible, the more confident you can feel moving forward. Great. Um, Given that as an author I only have so much time to spend with an organization, how does AIA compare to the Independent Book Publishers Association, the IBPA, 
or the small publishers of North America, otherwise known as SPAN? I think the AIA, what I like about it is that there's no pressure. They're not trying to push you in any direction. They don't try to, you know, influence people's choices. They just do a careful filter and screening of what they're making available. And so the author really has their own time, their own space to search the site, to use the author resource guide. And in terms of time being limited, to speaking directly to your question, they publish and I should say we, really, although I don't produce the newsletter, uh, there's a Friday Updates e-newsletter, and they do an excellent job with this. It's brief. It doesn't take more than five or ten minutes to read through the entire thing each week, and yet there is a diverse base of content, whether it's blog posts, uh, there's a member spotlight each month, so they help to promote authors and new book launches. There are a whole bunch of different tips and guidelines and advice that authors can tap into. And again, that's all in your own space and your own time so that if you are busy and you're working a full-time job and raising a family, you can read the the newsletter each week, uh, check the website if and when you need to, and of course, um, follow the Facebook and Twitter pages. There are all kinds of tips and updates and information that can be found there. Well, gosh, uh, Beth, this has been such an informative um interview. Thank you very much. I know that our listeners are really going to uh, get a lot out of everything that you have said. Thank you for coming. And again, would you remind our listeners what the website of Association of Independent Authors is? Yes, of course. It's www.independent-authors.org. And it's a very easily navigated site. There's a menu down the left-hand side. By all means, if you have any questions, uh, you can hit the contact link on the website or my email is beth at authorconnections.com and anyone can feel free to reach me directly. I'll be happy to help in any way that I can. And I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Um, I, I think that reviews are a very important part of the process. Marketing, planning, editing, there's, there are a lot of pieces to put together and when an author is facing this type of uh, sometimes overwhelming but also extremely enlightening and rewarding process of bringing their book to market, the AIA is, I believe, the best resource around for finding help and finding peer assistance. Great. This has been another podcast edition of Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. And Beth Coleman's own website, of course, www.authorconnections.com. Stay tuned for the next episode, How to Prepare for an Internet Radio Interview with special guest Cyrus Webb. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press. For Reader Views in Austin, Texas, this is Irene Watson saying good night. And I'm Victor Volkman in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening.